This sermon is titled My Mind Part 6 Overcoming Negative Thoughts and Emotions Be enriched as you listen So the last several weeks we've been talking about the mind and uh, this is message number 6 and we have one more message to go next Sunday and we'll wrap up this series And in case you missed any of these messages, you know, you can always go back to our church website, listen to the message. And I encourage you to do that, you know, um, uh, even if you have heard it being preached in the service, go back, listen to it. There'll be those sections that maybe you were distracted and whatever, missed it. You'll be able to catch up on that and just, you know, review uh, these sermons. Today we want to talk about dealing with negative thoughts and emotions. negative thoughts and emotions how do we overcome negative thoughts and emotions now this is something all of us face so it's not you know okay this message is for my wife and not me no it's not like that everybody pays attention right uh, all of us face this uh and you know a negative thought is a thought that makes us feel bad about ourselves or about what we're going through it kind of lowers us at that moment whatever that thought might be the negative thought and uh, it could be a thought you know that makes us angry towards somebody hateful towards somebody upset with somebody whatever you know all kinds of negative thoughts makes us feel fearful about situations fearful about circumstances uh makes a questions our ability makes us feel inadequate all these kinds of things and if we are not careful this these negative thoughts and emotions we can completely debilitate us you know you're they prevent us from enjoying life they prevent us from becoming all that we could possibly become because for example somebody has struggles with negative thoughts of uh, inadequacy they never want to take up responsibilities take up opportunities even if an opportunity is given to them they say no because that negative thought is preventing them keeping them from even taking up uh, an opportunity that they may be well suited for and well capable of handling but that thought holds them back and so you know they're not enjoying a life the way they should be or could be so negative thoughts or our thinking does affect our experience of life and negative thoughts really you know mess it up uh, mess up things now it can have impact on our health as well right some of our thinking also affects our health and whether it's hypertension or immunity or many other things doctors are here I'll let it, let them handle that but our thinking can affect our health our thinking affects the experience of life and if we are not careful negative thought can become a pattern of negative thinking so that negative thinking now becomes our default perspective on everything so we end up looking at the glass half empty instead of enjoying whatever is there and we're always complaining about the empty parts that becomes a default thinking for many of us it becomes a pattern and then that is 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 a serious problem and then of course associated with these thoughts are negative emotions that grip us can really affect our lives so what we want to do today is look from the bible of course and talk about how do we deal how do we counter these negative thoughts and emotions the first thing i want to say at the very beginning is we must be factual without becoming negative that means face the facts all right so we're not advocating an approach of denial that's not the right approach right face the facts if there is a problem face it if there's a situation face it uh, you know just by denying the situation and being positive that's not the right approach that's denial right so if there's a financial problem yeah 
there is a financial problem. There's a need, but I don't have enough money. Or if there's a situation at work, or if there's a situation at home, or whatever. We have to face the facts without becoming negative. Let's not be in denial. So there are two forms of denial we should avoid. One is, of course, a denial of the situation. And secondly, we must avoid self-deception. Self-deception is we think of ourselves more highly than we should think. Romans 12, verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes, and he says, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So that's one area where we could become self-deceived. You know, you think you can do it, and, and hey, really, an example, if I come up here and say I'm going to lead worship today, that's big self-deception. You know? It's like, hey, I'm nowhere near, near that. You know, Joshua may, Joshua may give me the mic, but I can't do anything with it, you know. So uh, self-deception. You know, you have an honest estimation of yourself. Or in you know, Galatians 6 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul said, wrote, he said, If someone thinks they are something when they are nothing, they are, they are deceiving their own selves. You think you're something when you're nothing, you're deceiving your own self. That's self-deception. Right? So let's, let's not take that approach. That means you face the fact, be factual, but don't get negative. So how can you stay positive when you're facing the fact? By faith. You have faith. So being a person of faith, having faith in God, enables us to face the facts without becoming negative. Yes, I recognize this is, this is what's happening. There's a problem. Or this need has to be met. This is a challenge. That's a fact. But I'm still positive because I have faith in God. Are you understanding that? Right? So we're not in denial. We're having an honest estimation of the situation and of ourselves. And yet, we don't have to become negative even if we are facing contrary or adverse situations. We can still be strong. We can still be positive because we have faith in God. So that's important. Be factual, but don't become negative. So what we want to do today is we want to take the four principles that we have learned in the previous sermons. I'll just remind us. First, we learned the importance of meditating in God's words. Then, we also learned the importance of speaking God's word. You know, we rem remember when Jesus faced temptation, he spoke the word. He said, it is written. So when those contrary thoughts came, he responded by speaking the word. So we speak the word, act in line with the word. Third, we learned about casting down imaginations, bringing every thought captive. So that's the third principle we learned from the word of God. And the fourth, last Sunday, we talked about renewing the mind, training ourselves to think God's ways and God's thoughts that is in line with the word of God instead of just our own ways and our thoughts, renewing the mind. So four practices that we learned from the Word of God having to do with the mind. Are you all with me? Let's review. Number one, we learned about meditating in God's Word. Then we also learned about speaking the Word. Then we learned about casting down thoughts and imaginations. And fourth, we learned about renewing the mind. So we're going to take these four practices that are given to us in the Word of God concerning our mind and apply them to some scenarios. And we're going to deal with just three. They could be numerous. But the point is you take these same four principles and apply them to any situation where you have to counter negative thoughts and emotions. But we're just going to illustrate it with maybe three scenarios. So first, let's talk about overcoming fear. Fear is a thought and, a thought and emotion that almost all of us have. And also, of course, there's the healthy side to fear. For example, you should be fearful of crossing the street. 
<laughs> you want to look left and right, uh, make sure the traffic, you know, right and left, and then make sure the traffic is uh, clear, and then you cross. So that's a healthy kind of fear, keeps us all safe. But then if fear goes beyond that, where it hinders us from stepping into things. Example, fear of flying. Nobody they don't want to travel by flight. Or there can be all kinds, all kinds of fear. Fear of crowds, people, too many people. Fear of heights, all kinds of fears. Fear of the dark, fear of making a commitment so they never commit to anything. You know, fear of taking up something new. Fear. And if this fear becomes a phobia, a form of anxiety disorder. That means it's, it's gone past just fear, but now it is controlling that person, completely debilitating them. It's an overwhelming emotion where sometimes it's irrational. That means you can't explain it, but the person's experiencing it. To somebody on the outside, it looks like, hey, come on, what's wrong? But the person feeling it, it is completely crippling. It's become a phobia for them. Right? And it, it's true. People experience it. And it could be a phobia of anything. So many strange things. So, that fear cripples a person's life, at least in those areas, wherever they are battling that fear. What do we do? How do we apply these four biblical practices to overcome this fear and live free from it? How do we do it? So number one, we must meditate in the Word of God. And what I would encourage all of us to do, you know, and we know this from, the, you know, let's look at the natural. Suppose there's an illness, you go to the doctor, and the doctor gives you a prescription. The next seven days, take these you know, medications three times a day, prescription. So what is it? It's an intensified work to overthrow that illness from your body. So for these seven days, take these medications three times a day. It's not like for the rest of your life. It's, you know, right now there's an illness, you've got to deal with it. Here's how. Put an effort towards it. Now, in the same way, if you're battling fear, I would encourage you, intensify your meditating in the Word of God with scriptures to counter that negative thought or emotion. Right? So you would take many scriptures. Now here again, I would refer to you, I refer you to our church app. You download the church app in the toolkit section. You've got scriptures listed on various topics. Uh, there's a section called confidence. There's a section called boldness. So you can, there are scriptures related to that topic. So you pick up those scriptures. And I'm just mentioning a few. They will not come up on the screen. They are in the sermon notes. But just a few here. So example, Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So you can take that scripture. Or Psalm 138 verse 3. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and you made me bold with strength in my soul. Or Proverbs 3.26. The Lord is your confidence and he will keep your foot from being caught. Proverbs 28 verse 1, the righteous are bold like a lion. Our 2 Timothy 1 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So whatever, you can take some of these scriptures. I remember way back as a 14-year-old, I was afraid of the dark. Right? Now, this is literal. I, my, I used to let my mom go in first and then I go behind her. If there were, the light was not turned on in the room, that was the way I would enter the room. Mom, you go first, I'll follow you. I was afraid of the dark. Now, what was the fear? Uh, I don't know. I thought somebody was in the room, somebody's under the bed, somebody's outside the window. Those kinds of fears. Now, it's irrational because we know it's not true. But those were the kinds of fears that gripped me. But then what did I do? I took a scripture. I said, like, this is so unhealthy. Now, I became a believer. I took the scripture. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he who is in you than he who was in the well, See, for me, as a, as a teenager, it, that was a big scripture. Greater is he who was in me than he who was in the world. So I remember, ah, oh, and I'm going to act on the scripture. I got the word of God. Greater is he who was in me. Now, there was nobody in the room, nobody in the dark room. It was all my mind at work, but I needed to use that scripture. So I would walk in the dark room. Jesus, you're with me. Greater is he who was in me than he who was in the world. I walk into the dark room. 
And I remember once I'd really uh, put this into practice. We were out in a hill station somewhere as our family had gone. And I woke up, uh, you know, at four o'clock in the morning. I said, I'm going to go to pray. I was scared. I had to go outside the room. It's all dark. But I said, I'm going to go to pray. But greater is he who is in me. So I went out walking. Greater is he who is in me than he was in the world. And there's nobody around him. It's all dark. But I used that scripture. Acted against my fear. Conquered my fear. Right? So it worked for a 14-year-old. It worked for you. Amen? You take that scripture. Take that scripture. Conquering your fear. Greater is he who is in me. Or whatever that fear is about. If you're afraid about you know, getting into an airplane... Because you think the plane that I go into, that's the plane that's going to crash. <laughs> now, it's irrational, but it's a real fear for that person. What must he do? Joshua 1.9, God says, be strong and courageous, for wherever you go, I go. So God is with me. As I go into this plane, God is going with me. Or he will give his angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. And they will bear me up. If they hold me up, they're holding this plane up. Conquer your fear. Fly. But you've got to meditate in the Word. Start with meditating in the Word concerning that fear. I'm just giving some simple illustrations. But, you know, for some, there could be other kinds of fears that are really serious. But pick up the Scriptures. Maybe in one verse, two verses, whatever. Meditate in it. Second, speak the Word. The moment that thought of fear comes, you your response is, I'm going to speak the word. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Lord is my confidence and he will keep my foot from being taken. So whatever that fear is, you speak that word, you say the word. And the thoughts and the imaginations that come to your mind at that moment, you know, and imagine a picture that comes into your mind that, 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 that just stirs up those emotions of fear and anxiety. Tear it down. Say, no, I reject that. Instead, paint a picture based on the word of God. Angels holding you up or God being your fortress or God standing with you, God going with you, God giving you favor. Whatever it is, you paint those pictures and cast down the wrong thoughts, this imagination. Cast it down. Reject it. And fourth, renew your thinking. It means you, you know, if you want to use a more contemporary word, you're reprogramming your mind, basically. And so having that pattern of thinking that always accepts fear, you now have a pattern of thinking in your mind. You're training your thinking to think according to what God said. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God said, I will bless you and all the work of your hands. God said, I am strengthening you. Fear not. Right? So you train your thinking along those lines. Are you with me? Let's just do more examples. Let's pick one, another one. Overcoming depression. So depression is, you know, these thoughts and these emotions that make you feel down about yourself. Depressed. You are, they, it could be hopelessness, it could be a feeling of despondency, a feeling of disinterest in life, maybe even you disconnect from people. Right? So depressed. Now again, there are numerous causes for depression, you know. It's not that every person who's depressed has the same cause. No, it could be so many different things. Sometimes it's as simple as the weather. It's cloudy, gloomy, you feel depressed. But sometimes this could be more serious. It could be sometimes physiological chemical, chemicals are not right. Sometimes it could be life situations, things you've been through uh, that are making you feel depressed. Whatever. So not, a, not every depression has the same cause. We know that. But let's apply these same four practices. What do you do? Number one, got to meditate in the Word of God. Go to the Word of God that fills you with joy, that inspires you to be positive and full of hope and celebrate life. Take those scriptures. This is the day. The Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Whether I feel like it or not, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it.
I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So meditate in the Word. Those are scriptures. You know. There are many others that you can uh, uh, that meditate. And I'm just giving you a few here when it comes to dealing with depression. Psalm 30 verse 11. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. God, my mourning, my depression, my feeling of uh, total, you know, just despair, hopelessness. You've turned those feelings, you've turned my mourning into dancing. God, you are causing me to celebrate life. So declare that it's in the Bible. You've put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. So when you're feeling depressed, say, God clothes me with gladness. You see, you can't buy gladness in any store. God can clothe you with gladness. God clothes me. He fills my mouth with laughter. God says, open your mouth and I'll fill it. So you, God, fill my mouth with laughter. Fill my mouth with joy. Man, you speak those words. Psalm 42. The psalmist spoke to himself. He said, Psalm 45, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So look, he's saying, Why are you depressed, O my soul? Cast down, old King James word. Modernize it. Why are you down? Why are you feeling down in the dumps? Why are you depressed, O my soul? Why are you so upset? He says, hope in God, for he is my strength, he is the, and for the help of his countenance, the help that comes from his presence. Hope in God. So he's telling, talking to himself, don't be depressed, don't be down. Hope in God, have a positive outlook, have expectation, have anticipation, hope in God, because he is my help. Amen? So you take that scripture. Meditate in it. Or we could look at another scripture. This is in Isaiah 61 verse 3. God gives beauty for ashes. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness, that's, that's the old English way of saying feeling depressed and down. The spirit of heaviness. But what does God give us? He gives us a garment of praise. So praise Him. Put on some praise music and praise Him. You don't feel like it, you praise Him. Your garment of praise that you put on will get off that spirit of heaviness. Are you with me? So you intentionally meditate in those scriptures, then you speak them. I will bless the Lord. The Lord is the strength of my life. He's my light. He's my salvation. He's my joy. You know, you speak the word. And when these thoughts and these feelings of depression come, they're real, but you've got to reject them. Don't give them free rental space. Sorry. No, no place in me. I reject them. I cast down these imaginations. I cast down these things that are causing me to depress. I reject it. No place here. Because God said, you cast down imaginations. Cast down every high thing. Cast it down. And then renew your mind to think positive. Because when you're depressed, you're only thinking, oh, I'm so, you know, this, this the whole negative thinking about yourself. No, think positive. Renew your thinking. Are you all with me? One last scenario. Now, there are many scenarios. I just picked a few here today. One last one. Thoughts of self-harm and suicide. You know, this is, this is strange, but it's real. That some people would harm themselves, cut themselves, self-harm, self-injury, Sometimes even contemplating suicide. But those thoughts, it all starts with thoughts. These thoughts come to their minds. Cut yourself. 
jump and burn yourself. Do something harmful to yourself. Now, why do they do this? Many times it's because there's an underlying emotion that they're trying to cope with. It's an underlying emotion of pain, maybe, anger, whatever that emotion could be. It is so, so real to them. In order to cope with that, they're trying to cope with pain. You're trying to overcome pain with pain. So it's a coping mechanism, but it's an unhealthy coping mechanism. Self-harm, self-injury. Sometimes the pain, whatever the cause of the pain, it could be maybe abuse, somebody abused them physically or sexually, or it could be situations in life that they have had to go through, whatever. A situation has caused pain. In order to cope with pain, they are harming or injuring themselves. Now, not every person who's doing self-harm and self-injury is actually attempting suicide. Sometimes, by accident, it ends up being fatal. They do commit suicide. But sometimes this practice of self-harm could eventually lead them to suicide. But this is real. And the problem is it's such a vicious cycle because there is pain they try to cope with it through self-harm, which again puts pain. And then there's this whole feeling of guilt and shame. Why did I do this? And then they're back in the same place. They have to deal with the pain plus the shame and the guilt. And so again now, another attempt on self-harming, injuring themselves, doing something harmful. But there's this struggle. They're trying to cope with this pain. Now, how do we apply these four practices in a situation like this? If you're sitting here and you're going through it, listen. Number one, first, meditate. Go to God's word that shows you your true worth. That shows you that God loves you. You're loved by God. You're valued by God. Your life has meaning. God has a purpose. The one who made you had a dream for you. And I'm just giving you a few scriptures. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 17. The psalmist said, You formed me, you covered me. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, God, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am marvelously made. He's celebrating himself as God's creation. Nothing wrong. Be happy about you. Because you are God's creation. God made you. So I'm fearfully, I'm wonderfully made. And then he says in uh, uh, verse 15, my, uh, I was not hidden from you. you. You skillfully shaped me. Verse 16, all my days were written in your book. God had a plan. God had a purpose. God had a dream for you. Even before you were born. And then he says, verse 17, how precious are your thoughts to me. Oh God. So acknowledge that God has some wonderful thoughts about me. Right? Or Jeremiah 29, 11. I, God, I know the plans I have for you. Plans of great prosperity to give you a future and a hope. Or Ephesians 2, verse 10. You are God's workmanship. That means you are something God is doing. You are God's workmanship created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Right, so you personalize these scriptures. You meditate and you say it over yourself. I am God's workmanship. I have been created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God has prepared for me that I should walk in them. God has great things, you know. And I, I used to say it like this. God has places for me to go. He has people that he wants me to meet. He has things he wants me to do. He has nations he wants me to take. You know, just talk big. Because you've got a big God. Amen? What eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, what has not entered into the heart of man, such things God has prepared for me because I love him. Amen? That's in the Bible. 
Just personalize it. Say it for yourself. Fills you with the hope and meaning and purpose to live rather than self-destruct. Are you listening? So you meditate in those scriptures. You speak those scriptures over yourself. And when these thoughts come, go do this to yourself. Go harm yourself. Go hurt yourself. Say no. Reject it. You cast it down. Say, no, I'm valuable to God. God has a plan for me. God has places for me to go. People he wants me to meet. Things he wants me to do. Things he wants me to accomplish. Mountains he wants me to conquer. Giants he wants me to kill. I've got too many things to do this silly thing for my life. Too many important things to finish here on earth. Amen? So, speak. Reject these thoughts. Cast down imaginations. Cast these things down. And retrain your thinking. Renew your thinking. You go from accepting these negative thoughts of self-destruction. You come to a place of always thinking meaning, purpose, value, significance. Because you are significant to God. So you're, you've renewed your thinking with the word of God. You will be free from this. Amen? So, we've just illustrated how we take these four practices in the Word of God for these scenarios. Now, there are many others. Sometimes you may you know, want to overcome fear and anxiety and worry or overcoming uh, uh, hate and anger, revenge. All these are negative emotions. But you apply the same four principles, practices. Are you with me? Now, I want to deal with another thing, or two other things. One, the Bible also teaches us that there are evil spirits, wicked spirits behind negative emotions. So we do know, understand the natural causes, but there are also spiritual causes. There are evil spirits behind this. For example, the Bible refers to fear as a spirit, 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Or Isaiah 61 verse 3, there's a spirit of heaviness. You remember in Mark chapter 5, when the father brought this son to Jesus saying, hey, I, I, he often jumps into the fire and he jumps into the water trying to kill himself. Jesus dealt with a spirit. So his suicidal tendencies tendencies had a spiritual root to it. I'm not saying every negative thought or every negative emotion is a demon. I'm just saying there is a connection. I remember we were ministering in Varanasi and they, they brought this young man. He and there was, you know, our team was there. We were having a pastor's conference. We were having a youth conference. Our youth were doing the youth conference. And there was a youth, a young man in the youth section. And uh, they brought him for prayer. They said, you know, he's, he's been in the church for 10 years. He's been serving in the church for 10 years. But he's suicidal. He, he tries to commit suicide. And they brought him for prayer. So they just mentioned briefly, and this is his problem. The moment I laid hands on him, I just laid hands. All these wicked spirits started manifesting. Now, he's a youth worker, meaning he's a young fellow serving in the church. He's been serving 10 years. But this problem is suicidal. The moment I just laid hands on him, the spirit started manifesting. So now you very clearly, there, was, there, are, there were evil spirits behind his suicidal tendencies. This man just rebuked them. Uh, you know, and, and, and again, th these are things, it, you, know, you know, in the spirit. So while ministering to him, you know, I, I felt we dealt with at least six evil spirits coming out of him. And once he was delivered, he got up. What happened? You know. But the point here is this, that there are evil spirits behind these kinds of emotions. I'm not saying every time. I'm saying it's possible. So keep that in mind that when you reject these thoughts and emotions, you say, in the name of Jesus, I reject that evil spirit. I reject that unclean spirit. I reject that spirit of fear. Because sometimes it's at that level. Are you with me? So that's one thought to keep in mind. 
The next thing I want to just mention here, when you're talking about negative thoughts and emotions, is that sometimes our negative thoughts and emotions are connected to past experiences. So we want to spend a few moments on that. Is that okay? Because we must learn how to deal with past experiences, which can be the reason for what we are facing now, the negative thoughts and emotions. Sometimes we ourselves have done wrong. We messed up bad in the past. Time has gone by, but those negative thoughts still come to haunt us in our memories or sometimes in real life. You still have to see those people or meet those people or go back to those places where, those, where you messed up, where you did the wrong things. And, and so, like a flashback, these thoughts come and these emotions come and at that moment you don't know what to do. So that's one scenario. The other scenario is sometimes people have been harsh to us. People have done bad things to us. Now time has gone. Time has separated, but our memories are still there. In our memories, what happened five years ago, maybe ten years ago, can be as though it happened today. And so those negative thoughts and emotions are connected with that experience. And sometimes it also is in real life. You have to meet those people. You've got to see them. Or go back to those places and... You know, it's hard to just run away from all of that. So, how do we deal with that? Well, we must recognize that we can't undo the experience. It has happened. You can't go back in time and change it. That time machine is only in the movies, right? <laughs> so, it has happened. It, is, it did take place, that event, that whatever happened. It's there, it's real, we're not denying it. So we can't undo the experience, but what we can do, or what God can do, is to release us from the pain connected with that experience. So, how do you know you have been healed and released of the pain of that experience when you can talk about it without feeling the negative emotions? Then you know that you're healed. That experience did happen, you can't undo it, but you can talk about it. So let's look at two incidents from the Bible. Number one, Jacob meets Esau. We know the story of Jacob and Esau. Now, in this story, Jacob is the one who did the wrong. He is the one who cheated his brother. Jacob cheated his brother, stole the birthright, and he ran. Got away. But God was just merciful to this man, Jacob. God blessed him. So 14 years, he had a family, children, money, livestock, God blessed him. But after 14 years, he had to go, he decided to go back to his hometown. So he's making his way back. God has been good to him 14 years. Everything's gone well, you know, his family, everything. Now he's coming back with more than what he went. But as he approaches his homeland or hometown, news comes. Your brother Esau is coming to meet you. And he's coming with 400 men. Ah, oh, the Bible says he, Jacob was scared. He was so afraid, fearful, terrified. He began to pray, God! Help me, deliver me from Esau. Meaning, God, I have to go and face my past, and I'm scared. What do I do? And it came down to that last night 
next day, he's going to meet Esau. That night, he was up praying. Couldn't sleep. Praying. And God met him. God encountered him. And Jacob prayed and said, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. Do something. I've got to meet Esau tomorrow. Do something. Bless me, God. Bless me. And he didn't let go. And that night, God did something. It sounds very simple, but it's so powerful. God said, what's your name? My name is Jacob. Tonight, your name is Israel. Jacob literally means cheetah. Israel means prince with God. Somebody of stature with God. Next morning, as Jacob went to meet Esau, he went not as Jacob, but as Israel. Very powerful message. When you have to face, when you and I have to face our past, whether it is facing it in your memories or facing it in real life or both, you face your past, not as Jacob, but as Israel. You face not as who you were, but as who you are in Christ. You face your past with your new identity in Jesus. Are you listening? We all may find ourselves in situations like Jacob. You've got to face your past. There's something you're ashamed of, something you messed up terribly, and you don't know what to do. You're crying out to God. God says, go face it as who you are in me. Not who you were when you messed up that time. Today, you are a new creation. Today, you are the righteousness of God. Today, you are accepted in the beloved. Today, you are more than a conqueror. Today, God always causes you to triumph. Today, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Today, God is for you. And you face your past, even in your memories, or in real life, or both, as who you are in Christ. Think about another situation, Joseph. Now in Joseph's case, people did evil to him. In Joseph's case, his brothers treated him badly. They when he was young, they sold him as a slave. They went and lied to their father, saying, we don't know what happened to Joseph. Maybe some animal killed him, something bad happened to him. We don't know where he is. They sold him off. And so here was Joseph, a young man, who was taken into a faraway place, Egypt, and made to work like a servant. And was working in Potiphar's house as a servant. Just try to imagine how he must have been feeling towards his brothers. If I ever get a chance to see them again. They did this to me. I don't know, the emotions, the negative thoughts, the feelings that Joseph would have gone through. And then, to make matters worse, he was falsely accused in part of his house and put in jail. He's got two people, two sets of people to be angry with. His own brothers, and now Potiphar and his wife and everybody else, they were so mean, so unjust, so unfair, they didn't even give me a chance to speak, whatever, I couldn't defend my case, whatever. All these, I'm in jail. No fault of mine. Two years in jail. Now, God amazingly, wonderfully brought Joseph out of prison, made him prime minister in one day. He's prime minister. But you know, as God is working in his life, God is also bringing healing to him. How do we know that? Because after Joseph became prime minister, he got married, he had two sons. Manasseh 
Ephraim or Ephraim and Manasseh. The meaning of those names, the first son, God has caused me to forget my labor and toil. Meaning God has caused me to forget my pain. Think about it. God has caused me to forget my pain, my labor, my toil. God has caused me. I mean, imagine all that he'd gone through. God was working healing. The second son's name, meaning of the name. God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So first, God has caused me to forget my pain. Second, God has caused me to be fruitful in the place where I had pain. Who could say this? A man who was experiencing healing from God. Only he could say it. But see how it plays out in real life. Nine years into being prime minister, One day, Joseph wakes up and he sees his brothers at his doorstep. I mean, these were the same brothers who had sold him. And he sees them. Real life. And the Bible says Joseph went and wept. And then he didn't reveal his identity immediately. He engaged with them. But three times, on three occasions, the Bible says, Joseph went away from their presence. He went to his room. He wept. Then he washed his face and he came to talk to them. So much of emotion. Because he's seeing the very people who had hurt him. Put him through so much pain. But then what does he do? He reveals his identity after some time. And when he reveals his identity, of course the brothers are on their knees. Oh, forgive us, Joseph. And Joseph says, am I in God's place? And the amazing words, Genesis chapter 50, I think it's verse 20, he says, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. And what did Joseph do? He blessed them. Gave them all homes to stay, places, took care of them. Who could do that? Only a person whom God has healed. But the point is this. If God could heal Joseph, he can heal you. He can heal me. That means we don't have to be captive to our negative experience. The experience happens. We're not denying it. But God can release you and me from the thoughts and the emotions connected to it. To the point where we can celebrate life. To the point where we can do good to the very people who have harmed us like Joseph did. That's healing. Amen? Worship team, please come. So, if the negative thoughts, if the negative emotions are because of past experience, there is healing for us. He restores our soul. God is our healer. As you're journeying through life and God was blessing you and God, you know, Joseph, everything was going fine but you know, he could have been terribly tormented in his mind if God had not healed him inside. Those negative thoughts, what his brothers did, what Potiphar's wife did, what all those people did to him could have haunted and made life miserable even though he was a prime minister. But he didn't allow that to happen. Because he let God release him from the past. 
Are you with me? Amen? Do you believe the God of Joseph is the God of today? Or did God retire? <laughs> no, he's still working. He's still our God. He still heals. He still makes whole. Amen? Let's rise to our feet, please. There were other things I wanted to share, but I'll just put it in the book. Um, just leave it in the book. And our time's almost up. But as we take a few moments this morning, God is your healer. God is my healer. He's our God. Some of us may identify with Jacob. Hey, we did wrong things in the past. But be encouraged. Face your past from your place in Christ. Some of us may identify with Joseph. People have harmed us, hurt us. But let God heal us to the point where, like Joseph, we can do good. Not only forgive, but do good to those who might have hurt us. Negative thoughts, negative emotions don't have to have a place in us. They will come. But God enables us to overcome them, to live free from them. Next Sunday, the closing message, we're going to talk about how to develop and maintain a positive mindset. That's, we've kind of been building up to it. We're going to take all of this and then culminate with that, how to live life with a positive mindset. Be positive at all times. We will talk about that next Sunday in the closing message. But let's take some time just to pray and may the Lord bring healing to us. May the Lord touch us. May the Lord minister to each of us as we take these few moments to look to Him.
Father God, we just receive your healing. You are our healer. You are our deliverer. You are the one who restores our soul. You're the one who makes us whole, completely whole in our soul. And Father, by your power, by your spirit, let people experience healing even in their memories, God. The memories that torment, the memories that oppress, our memories because you're able to do it release us oh God from thoughts that bring us pain and emotions that bring us pain release us let there be complete healing from your presence oh God because you are our healer you are the one who heals us Lord, you said that by your spirit, you will give beauty for ashes. You will give the garment of praise for heaviness. You will comfort those who mourn. God, let your comforts delight our soul. Let every person here experience your touch. We pray for those watching online. Or those who might watch, listen to this message at another point in time. Let the same presence and the same power of God touch them. Heal and deliver and set them free. Father, we thank you for the truth you've given us to live by. Help each one of us to take it, embrace it. Apply it in our lives. Put it to work in our lives. Live by your word. Help each of us. We thank you, Lord. Thank you. Before we close this morning, I'll give an invitation. If there's anyone here you've never received Jesus Christ into your life, the Bible tells us that when we receive Jesus into our lives, He makes us the children of God. He makes us sons and daughters of God. He brings us into his own family. He forgives our sins and he makes us the children of God. This is such a powerful, great opportunity, great blessing. If there's anyone here, you've never received Jesus into your life and made him your Lord, your Savior. I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. If you've never done it before, I invite you to pray it with me so that you can give your heart to Jesus. Let him come into your life. You've never done this before just pray this with me if you'd like to do this morning just say this with me lord jesus i am a sinner i need a savior i ask you to come into my life be my lord be my savior and help me to follow you and you alone the rest of my life in Jesus name amen 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 the Bible says there is great rejoicing in heaven or one person one person who comes into the kingdom there's great rejoicing so we want to rejoice with even one person here if you pray that prayer with me for the very first time we want to celebrate with you can I see your hand please anybody here you prayed that prayer with me for the very first time just wave your hand lift your hand up and wave it at me anyone here anyone here god bless you i can see one hand there anybody else i'll see another hand god bless you right here anyone else anyone else anyone else you prayed this prayer with me right here in the middle row here just please wait. another one here god bless you god bless you another young lady there um sarah there's one person right up there, uh, just behind uh, IG, 
right there. Yes, there. Anyone else? Let's make sure you receive this bag. The greeters will come to you. It's called the New Believers Bag. It has some resources there that we'd love for you to read. So if you pray this prayer, just make sure you raise your hand. We want to get it across to you. All right. There's also a card that says decision card. If you could please write your name and number on it, hand it back to our greeters. Somebody from the church office will call you and tell you how to use the resources in the bag. All right. As soon as we dismiss, you know where to go. Not home. <laughs> Lunch is being served today, right outside. Get your plate, and then you can sit inside here. You can sit outside. Just get to know people. Even if you get to know three, four people today whom you've never met, that'll be great. We just wanted this to be a time of, uh, you know, just getting to know each other, building that community. So please stay back. Now, if you've had plans and you need to leave, that's okay. But if you uh, if you're able to, please stay back, have lunch, and just enjoy company. All right, we're going to close. Um, I just want to request pastors, life group leaders, if you can make yourself available here in front to pray for people. If you need personal prayer, we'll be available to pray with you, just minister to you, uh, and we will join you soon at lunch. Let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcw.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.